0: Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. We're here at Aelita 2019 in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm here with a very dear friend, Leisha Kett. In 1979, you came from the so- then Soviet Union, now it's Russia, uh, to the United States to begin a, a, a career, a, a, a journey of training law enforcement officers in Canada, the United States, and um, in a variety of different tactics And you and I have worked together in the past On Police One with videos And I remember vividly you throwing me to the ground And pinning me with a chair I'll never forget that mm-hmm. uh, It was awesome fun for me um, Lee, you you talk in some of your training about And you've been doing this for a, an awfully long time uh, A member of Ileta for more, probably about 10 years or more Um <clears throat> You talk about predators and prey, and the analogy that you use, and it's not an analogy, it's a scientific fact, that predators have their eyes in the front and prey have their eyes on the side. Tell me how that uh, impacts or affects law enforcement training and, and what you use that analogy to get across to cops.
1: Uh, Doug, first of all, it's a pleasure to speak with you as usual. And uh, a little bit of an explanation about predator versus prey and how does that apply to law enforcement applications. Uh, A lot of different scenarios that police officers learn in response to aggression of different kinds used to be and still is, unfortunately, to a large extent uh, to step back and uh, uh, what they usually call create distance, uh, reactionary gap, things of that nature. Although there may be a time when this is appropriate, normally uh, we operate in a very close proximity to the subject, and uh, oftentimes it's too late to go backwards. When you start going backwards, you begin to act like a prey. Unfortunately, uh, when you begin to act like a prey, things go in one direction, from bad to worse. A very good example would be, let's say you come upon a person with some kind of long gun. Maybe you knocked on the door and the door opens and here is this guy with some kind of long gun. The worst possible thing in the world you can do is step backwards. By stepping backwards, you would still be what you might call in a kill zone, and you're actually helping the bad guy shoot you. Now the appropriate response would be a predator response, whereas instead of going backwards, we're going to go forward through the target, take him down, and by collapsing this distance, actually call the distance between you and the bad guy daylight. We want to see zero daylight. You want to make contact and drive right through. And what happens in that uh, application is that there is no room for him to turn the weapon onto you. It's also um, very surprising uh, to the subject. He does not expect you to come right at him. He's used to and he's expecting, anticipating you backing up. So this is just one little example of that, but a lot of problems get worse when we start backing up and acting like a prey. you
0: talked about closing daylight and eliminating daylight. You all, for me the thing that came to mind was you're breaking the oodle loop of the subject. You, you're doing the absolute unexpected, the opposite of what they're expecting you to do, and so you you get inside their oodle loop, and you you then have the element of surprise. Uh, you know we talk about speed, surprise, violence of action in the military context, but in a law enforcement context. If you're in a deadly fight, those those ideas apply, correct? Uh,
1: that is a very good point. As a matter of fact, uh, if we're going to apply OODA loop to this concept, the first O in the OODA loop stands for observation. Mm. In other words, if you stand in front of the subject, he can clearly see you, which means he can shoot you, stab you, he can punch you, you, he can fight with you. You are what I would call in a kill zone. That is a bad place to be. I'd like to be positioned behind the subject, what you might call in a six o'clock position. So oftentimes, the priorities in which the officer addresses this threat are somewhat backwards, because we always try to do it really quickly and to kind of get ahead of the subject, but because of the concept of the OODA loop, since they already made their observation The orientation they already decided what they're going to do. So basically we're behind to start with so what you want to do is Immediately get out of the kill zone. I'd like to get in my favorite place Which is behind the subjects back or six o'clock position? Because that way as you correctly pointed out since they can't see me They can't really do anything to me until they reacquire me as a target so that gives me an opportunity to control them or uh, whatever action is appropriate at that time. Uh, there was a very, very famous um, Chinese um, military leader many moons ago. His name was Sun Tzu. He yes, said something. Some,
0: some folks have heard of him.
1: Uh, I heard of him, I think, once. Yeah, Maybe. Times, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, he said that most, most battles are won or lost before they get even started. And he also advised forced to acquire a winning hand, a good position. And then, from there on, it's somewhat of a no-brainer, so basically that's exactly what I do
0: -hmm uh, We were talking earlier about you know what we can learn from you know we have everyone I'm holding in my hand a, a mobile phone, everyone has one of these, and there's so many videos of officers being assaulted, being shot, stabbed, uh, you know it, all of these different manners of attack um, we could talk in another day about. How much I really would wish that those people who are standing by and witnessing these things Would put down those phones, put them down and actually assist the officers That's a matter for another day But there are so many videos that we can watch now and see and learn from them I mean there's, there's opportunities for, for learning moments In hopefully most cases these officers are you know, are okay at the end of the day But we've seen tragically sometimes not What are your thoughts on how we can look at these videos?
1: Well, when you look at the video, you can clearly see the results of prior training Mm -hmm. because the officer under stress basically just reverts to what they've been trained to do. And you oftentimes see uh, the officer backing away. And just about every time, once you start moving backwards, things just go really badly because Mm -hmm. then It puts an idea in the mind of the subject that you're acting like a prey, you're afraid of them, you're backing up, you are hesitating. A lot of it has to do with policies and overall uh, perception. But the fact of the matter is once the confrontation deteriorates to the points that we have to physically take control or we are in a deadly force type of situation, we have to change it up, we have to assume a good position and get it over with the sooner the better because The longer it takes for us to gain control once things turn physical, uh, it can only go badly. A classical example of that um, years ago was that Rodney King videotape. Mm. On that tape, you can clearly see that the longer it goes, the worse it gets. Incidentally, a lot of what happens there can be clearly traced to the fault of training because basically at that time the officers had a stick with another handle, they used to call it PR24, and they told them the story that if you hit somebody with a stick, they will get, quote, pain compliance, and then they will completely change their personality and they will just do whatever it is we tell them. Well, what they forgot to tell them that oftentimes it's not going to work, and pain compliance has an extremely limited... Application because a lot of people whether they are well, intoxicated PSP or whatever, or, or whatever, PCP or just, or just or, angry, or yeah, just angry. Yeah, right. uh, you can beat them with a stick all day long. It doesn't have any effect. Uh, as a side note, talking about videotapes, it looks terrible. Yeah. So um, the point of the matter is that we always want to be able when we do something to have an option uh, because maybe it's going to work or maybe it's not going to work. Well, if it doesn't work, rather than dwelling on it, we want to put it away and just go to the next option. Clearly at that point, the officers didn't know any other options. So to me, I would lay most of what happened there at the foot of training.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the videos that immediately <laughs> comes to mind for me uh, for, for a decade or more now, um, is the Dinkeller video, you know, where it's, he... It, he Kyle, you know, w- w- he was trying to do his very best to control the situation in that traffic stop, and it, he kept doing the same thing over and over, put the gun down, you know, and it's all over and over and over and over, over, and over. When you're doing the same thing over and over and it's not working, you should change what you're doing, right?
1: Well, uh, <clears throat> let me just say that uh, many, many moons ago, there was a very smart guy. His name was Albert Einstein. Hmm. He actually said that doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. Yeah. Uh, it applies exactly and directly to what you just said. But the reason it happens, because that's what the officer was trying to trained, do. Exactly. trained to do. Trained, exactly. and In other words, they did not teach him to transition to the next option. When you say something to the subject and uh, you do not get a response, or you get no response, or you get a slow response, it's an indication. No response actually is a response in itself. Mm-hmm. Most people can only do one thing at a time. And if the subject is uh, thinking, for example, about assaulting you or grabbing your weapon or things of that nature, he can't respond right away because he's already doing his one thing at a time. So consequently, if you say something to the subject, you want to observe how is it that he's responding to what you're saying. And if you don't get a reaction that we need to get, the red flag should go up mm-hmm. and we should say that, all right, maybe we've got to look at it more uh, you know with more care and maybe we should go to the next option repeating the same thing over and over uh, I would agree with Albert Einstein on that effect
0: yeah um, we're here at Aylita in St. Louis uh, it's, it's March of 2019 it's important that we look back at things like Dan Keller and we look forward at things like mobile phones because we have video that gives us instruction and gives instructors like yourself the opportunity to point at something and say this was either successful or unsuccessful so i really appreciate everything that you do for law enforcement and in all of the training that you do um and i'll never forget you pinning me with a chair
1: <laughs> i don't even believe it ever happened but thank you anyways i <laughs> right. appreciate it Doug. <laughs>
0: all right this is doug thank you again for listening to policing matters the police one podcast